0: This is the Drive In Podcast, take one. big Welcome to episode one hundred twenty-five of the drive-in podcast on today's episode we have a very special top billing draft of the best movies of 2022 thus far so use the bathroom now grab that popcorn and enjoy episode 125 of the drive-in podcast howdy duty welcome to episode 125 of tdi this is dr o on the horn to start as usual i'm joined by the one and only my best friend my co-host and my overall movie aficionado ricky flicks ricky flicks my friend how are you doing this wonderful monday evening
1: i'm doing great doc i had a heck of a weekend of just watching tv and movies i A lot of it was the prep for this. A lot of it was just my own personal enjoyment. But at the end of the day, on a rainy Monday, watch some more movies. So I'm in the same boat as you. I did so much
0: content consuming this weekend to prepare for this draft to make sure I saw all the movies I could to make sure I was ready, and that I could have like a formal conversation and an intelligent conversation with you, and I didn't have to pass on any movie that we were going to talk about. So I was an absolute machine, but before I started to watch any type of movies or streaming shows this weekend, I actually went to a very special concert on Thursday night, Ricky Flicks, and uh, it took me back to the sixth and seventh grade. It ends tonight. I saw the All-American Rejects for the very low price of $20 at live at five in Stanford put on, they put on a good show. I'd say all American rejects did live at five. I can't say that was a great establishment in and of itself after the experience I had with the line waiting and whatnot. But would you want to go to an all American rejects concert if you had the opportunity?
1: Next question. Yes. That, the two thousands. I love the two thousands music. That is a genre. That is my favorite. I would say throwback era that are the 80s for throwbacks i love it maybe 70s actually oof but i love playing the 2000s that's my childhood that's what i was literally bred on all-american rejects i'm in next time
0: ricky flicks hearts the 2000s if you could hear one song by the all-american rejects in concert what would it be
1: so it wouldn't be it gives you hell it wouldn't be it ends tonight Dirty Little Secret wow. would probably hit really hard. Hmm. I, I, I guess Dirty Little Secret, but I, I don't even want to say that.
0: Honestly, for me, it it, it ends tonight just because the, the concert experience, like when I saw like the phones coming out and the sing-along capacity the crowd has when it comes it ends tonight. That's gotta be number one. But also, like gives you hell is low-key just one of the greatest summer jams it's an amazing summer jam like you like like window down type song i remember coming back from soccer practice 7th grade and that was absolutely stealing girls hearts and i just it was an ultimate sing along song that stuck with me since i was like 12 I, years old
1: so my favorite all american rejects song is move along what wow trying, really but i'm just trying to think would that be the one that's like oh that's going to be the best in concert to see i don't know about that so like it ends tonight that's like a ballad if you had to pick a ballad for all american rejects i guess mm-hmm. i just feel and it gives you it's not like fast paced but still like hits throughout but dirty little secret is just a thrill ride throughout that would just be fun just like jamming out at a concert with with friends for 20 bucks
0: yeah and it, it's interesting because like all american rejects oh, i lot at five first of all it's 21 plus So, like, it makes sense they had All-American Rejects because when they were popular, all those kids that were in sixth and seventh grade, like myself, all of a sudden we're in our mid-20s and we get to relive, like, that moment. Like, it's such a moment of nostalgia. Like, the place was going nuts. My buddy John, p we call him, was going absolutely bananas. I thought he was going to strip his shirt off. He was was going so hard. He got some looks from the people next to us, but that's why we love him. Um, Any other bands from that time you would, like, want to see? Like, I know mid-2000s. We know you're a Nickelback guy. We'll skip Nickel. over that. Nickelback's but, like, the only answer. But, like, they're not in the same category. They're not, like... All-American rejects are kind of, like, punky, you know? Like, they're angsty. Nickelback was just kind of, like, there. And they're more mainstream, I guess. Like, they've, they've kind of stood the test of time, more so than the All-American rejects. Well, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then I can't say Green Day. No, that, that that's like seeing... That's better than Nickelback. Like, Green Day is, like, bucket list type of concert. Yeah. I was literally thinking about that so, this
1: weekend. Like, I would so I, pay the first buckets of money to see Green Day. So the first two names that come off the list are, like, them. When you say punk, I'm like them, Blink-182, but they're just in another category. Yeah. So I guess if I had to do a good comp, mid-2000s, you know who I think of? Boys Like Girls? G- good Charlotte. I was going to say Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. That's better. That's- I, good Charlotte, I think, would be the band. They're
0: become. like below Blink One Eight Two, but above All American Rejects. You know but their they're like,
1: songs. They, they're very similar to All American Rejects, though. I think I don't. I I'm you know I'm a hot take guy, and I kind of just know. do them just to stir the internet. But Good they might be better than All American Rejects.
0: Well, I think so too. Like I agree with that. Like All American Rejects, I would say only have like five songs. Yeah, and but I, they hit,
1: but I feel like they're like a they were a phenomenon. When they like were, the anthem
0: is like I would say Good Charlotte is like Jimmy Eat World. I think they're very similar.
1: I would say Jimmy Eat World, but I feel like they're a little earlier. The middle was a little earlier, right? Early yeah. 2000s? So so
0: was Good oh. Charlotte. Good Charlotte's like earlier two thousands as well. Yeah. Young and the young in the young in the hopeless or young and the young in the hopeless. Yeah, yeah. Great album.
1: What an era! What an era. Like, Boys like girls. Simple amazing plan. Song. Remember Simple Plan.
0: Simple Plan is probably like maybe Low key. Like, a, a small step a very a smidge ahead of all american rejects you think they're ahead see like i think maybe dude. I'm welcome just... to my life bro are we trying to welcome to my life right
1: now perfect valid oh, some 41 i think there's a little like blank i'm trying to think perfect of was
0: probably my favorite like s- simple plan song
1: yeah no i think we had some good ones there's, i think i'm now i'm thinking now we're like in a in a groove and we're thinking but this is a movie podcast i'm not gonna Dude, lie just, so, just,
0: red, i would i would pay to see red jumpsuit apparatus just to play face down bro
1: <laughs> you would literally be paying whatever it is to see that one song they exactly. know every time they know every time when they enter the arena or wherever they're playing it's like all right doesn't matter what happens just when we play that one song we actually have to kill it so then they'll come again things that's things we make go our south.
0: Things go south. Like tomato gets thrown at us. Just start playing the beginning of Face Down. Everyone's like, "Yes, let's go!"
1: You know, get get, get, get the the
0: train back on the tracks.
1: When the rain of booze start coming down, drummer, hit it. (laughs) Apparatus,
0: apparatus, apparatus. Um. Okay, but Ricky Flex. I moving along from the music uh, category that we were just went on a tangent with. uh, I want to know what you watched this weekend. Like, uh, what type of movies? You said you did a lot of consuming. Like, what type of stuff are we talking about?
1: talking streaming revisiting movies from the year uh i did get caught up in my annual rewatch of true detective i will admit i just that show is unbelievable i will say this was probably the least enjoyable rewatch i've done because i kind of saw some more towards the latter half of the season particularly the last episode i felt a a little sped up and i was like huh that's interesting I always thought this, but this time I was like, "Oh wow, this is actually might be this." Still, hands down for me the best te- season of television ever created. But mm. yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited to talk about this year because again, we're just doing like non-Oscar eligible because it was that late. Like we're not talking about Oscar eligible 2022 movies, right? We're talking about post that era. Uh,
0: well. Yeah, because no Oscar movies came out this, like, past
1: December. Te- uh, well, that would have been eligible.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. so like, what are you talking about? Like, what so, like, Oscar up movies, until... like, Oscar-nominated movies, or, like, ones no, that so, just like, didn't get nominated? No, so, movies that
1: came out in January and February. Were Yo, we saw the
0: same it. movies. This is what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't, I, I just kind of, when I was, like, researching release dates, I kind of just cut myself off on March 1st.
0: Well, yeah, because well, I don't think I have anything before that.
1: Okay, good to know. I think, right? I, I think so. I just didn't know if you were going to surprise me with something from well, that. Well,
0: there wasn't really many great releases in like January and February. It was kind of just a build up to the Oscars, and that's where a lot of like trash movies, like Morbius, came out in oh, right. January. Okay. Right? Uh, and it's not in like December has some major releases, like when you look at Matrix, Licorice Pizza, and like some other movies that yeah, we deep, saw. Like
1: you know, I
0: think Deep Water. A- you're right. Deep is one of that- like like i can like it, it does count that was movie of this year
1: okay okay
0: we'll see if it makes right. the draft but uh yeah so i'll tell you what i crushed because i want to brag about it uh so after i saw all american rejects i w- i needed to stay in the next day kind of recover from such an all-time high that i was feeling i needed to uh watch ambulance and it was on peacock so i crushed ambulance this weekend all right? I had no idea it was on streaming. I go to Peacock. So I go to Peacock once every like three months, and I'm like, oh, my God. I've been waiting to see this movie. kind of wish I saw it in theaters after seeing it before, but we'll see if it gets drafted today. Uh, the next day, what else did I watch? I went to the theaters. I went to the theaters. I watched a movie by myself. Uh, I didn't know it was actually streaming at the time. I got home after seeing the movie, and I saw that it was actually on demand and available. I saw The Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. Uh, I'll let my thoughts. I I assume it's going to get drafted. Have you seen that movie yet, Ricky Flex?
1: Maybe, maybe not.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know why you're acting like that. All right. I'm holding Uh, my cards
1: tight to my chest. My cards tight to my chest. What I watched is I couldn't give
0: less of a crap. So I'll just tell you what else I saw. I watched RRR on Sunday after starting it a couple weeks ago. I couldn't finish it. I sat down for the full three hour runtime and uh, plowed through it. I'll let my, it's going to get drafted in the top 10 here. Uh, whether you draft or not, I know if you don't, I'm going to be drafting it. So, uh, amazing blockbuster that I wish I had the pleasure of seeing in theaters despite its long runtime. And guess what? I crushed Only Murders in the Building episodes one through four, quick episodes about 25 minutes in length. You know what? The series, the first half of this season might be just as good as the first half of the last one, right? And uh, the only downside, I guess, is a little bit too much Amy Schumer for one's liking, but you know what? As long as I got the big three of Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez back together, the crew is back. I'm going to be just fine. Can't wait for next Tuesday when the next episode drops.
1: I, I, I've I, seen the first two episodes of season one. I liked it. I will have to get back to it. I've only heard good things about season two, but the same thing of what you just said is what I heard was the only negative about it in the first two seasons combined was Amy Schumer it was in the second season. She's a little so- cringy.
0: She is a little cringy like always
1: so when i do get to it whenever i do i told myself i my next show that's brand new that i will watch will be euphoria i have to hold myself to that instead of going back to other stuff but after that maybe only murders will be back in the rotation maybe
0: maybe i, I think that maybe needs to be turned to a certainly and a definitely because you're missing out emmy nominated show from season one guess what you can yes. expect the same for season two. Uh, with that being said ricky flex what do you say we get to drafting our favorite movies of 2022 thus far uh, Ricky Flex, I'm going to ask you like I usually do before we do a draft. Do you have a coin on you? Yes. And he does. He's not always prepared, but he always has one around. So he does have a coin. Ricky Flex, you know how it goes. Dr. O, tails never fails. Flip that coin and see who chooses where they go.
1: It's heads. Ah.
0: All right, Ricky Flex, where do you want to pick? First or second?
1: We're going one. One. Do you hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where you go, you know. I still got plenty to talk about. I'm sure we've seen the same movies. Just excited to have to have this discussion. You're officially on the clock, Ricky Flex. Best of 2022.
1: You're up. So when I think of 2022 so far, I think it's been really top heavy, in my opinion. Right, and I think another big winner are blockbusters, action movies. Definitely the first half of 2022. And I think this one might not be the top of the box office, but it was as it was towards the end of the Omicron variant, real high, height of it. But this is my favorite movie of 2022. This podcast favorite movie so far of us doing it. I'm vengeance. It has to be the Batman. It has to be. We've talked about it so much on this pod we bought these freaking if you're listening i'm holding up our popcorn batman helmet like we bought the merchandise at the movie and that it lived up to the hype the all-around cast lived up to the hype i never had my doubts but i'm just still in awe of that movie i that's another movie i revisited this weekend just to confirm its status as number one movie in 2022 for me personally have to go with the batman
0: um. So I'll, I gotta admit, I, that's a, another movie I stream this weekend. I just feel like it's not even worth bringing it up because I stream it on a regular basis. Um, this I I find it more rewatchable than I think a lot of people do. Uh, I think people's theatrical experiences overall, when you look at Twitter and you look at people's reactions overall, I would say people had a better time in the theaters than it. Than they had watching it on hbo max and that could be like due to the lighting it could just be due to like the hype of the movie but i agree with you this was my number one uh i think it's kind of getting overshadowed a little bit by all these superhero movie releases that have come this summer it had a march release which was kind of unorthodox for like a, a like a major superhero movie when you think of like uh the nolan trilogy those are summer releases like i think Batman Returns was actually a March release as well. But when you think about what we've seen with Multiverse of Madness that came out in, uh, I believe that was, uh, what was it, May? Is that right? Or April? Yep, April May. Of May. May. Then we just have Thor, Love, and Thunder. And like Marvel's on this come up right now. We got Black Adam coming with DC. And you got DC League of Super Pets, right? Wakanda Forever coming up for the MCU. Get San Diego Comic Con. Seems like everyone's kind of moved away from the Batman. Uh, but for me, it's not only a great superhero movie, like great noir movie, great like throwback to like all these great nineties thrillers that are also combined into this grounded bolted to the ground superhero movie from Matt Reeves. This is easily my number one as you and I both agree the best actor to ever put on the bath Robert Pattinson, just a pleasure to watch every time I put it on this, I put this movie on repeat, bro.
1: Yeah. I find it so rewatchable as well and streaming. Yes. I do agree with the criticisms that this is really dark when you're streaming it. So you got to turn off all the lights which you should be doing anyways, put it on the biggest screen that you have and try to do it justice even though it just won't be the same as on a big screen or an IMAX screen. But this is the one one I'm happy I got it. What do you got for two?
0: Well, I just also want to say about the Batman, like I don't lose any love for the movie when I see it. Like I just grow more appreciation for it. It's a beautifully shot movie. I don't take for granted like the sequences we get with the Bat like the chase sequences, like the interrogation with the Riddler. Like that scene has actually grown on me over time after not liking as much in the theater. I even return to like that YouTube clip regularly of Barry Kean as the Joker Batman interrogation, even though it's not officially part of the movie. It's just such a juicy scene. It gets you excited to see what's coming next. So just wanted to bring that up. Uh, my first round pick is... This was like, this was always my number two. It was never in the conversation for number one, but it's A24's highest grossing film of all time. I'm going everything, everywhere, all at once. The multiverse, unexpected, multi, best multiverse movie of this year. And it comes outside of any comic book realm. Um, Daniels, their breakout movie for A24, makes over $100 million at the box office. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, Michelle, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, unbelievable. Um, I forgot who was the male lead in that movie. The guy from uh Indiana Jones. Yeah, and the Goonies. I forgot his name already. Uh, I forgot his name already. Uh Park, something Park. Uh, I apologize. I didn't do any research really. I just remembered how amazing this movie was. This had me hitting emotions that I didn't even know were possible and in scenes that like didn't expect to draw draw out any emotions. Like there's characters with hot dog fingers that I'm sympathizing and empathizing with i have scenes with like rocks that don't even verbally speak to one another but like the way the scene is constructed and the buildup of these characters that are supposed to be these quote-unquote rocks you got me like nearly on the verge of tears while in the movie theater then we have like low-key amazing actions unexpected action sequences from michelle yo and the male lead that I, i'm still disrespecting did you look it up what i was t- while i was talking k1 kwan Kwan Kwan, not Park. God, that seems racist. Uh, Kwan Kwan, all right, does an amazing job in that movie. What a comeback by him! I'm excited to see what he does afterwards. I know he talked about like potential, like how his adoration for Crazy Rich Asians. I would love to see him somehow like fit into the sequel there right? If they can do that, you know, and, uh, what like almost like paying homage to what he's done for, uh, Asian actors, right in the sphere. So seeing him back was amazing. Stephanie Sue was also just, uh, an unexpectedly great villain as a teenager. Um, not a lot of flaws to pick with this movie, super unique, right? Super unique. And, uh, in a, Age like a multiverse movie where you would expect like a lot of like plays on the hits and like go traveling different worlds where we've seen IP before, all super original, unexpected, easily a first rounder.
1: This was easily my second overall as well. I think that what they did was so unique, especially in a time and era where multiverse is so popular right now. To somehow make that unique is so impressive, and I think also like this is why movie theaters are great. And it's not because like you're thinking of like the big blockbuster and like you're excited to see a movie. It's because like the word of mouth from people actually going to see it and they say, you got to go see this movie and you got to go in the theater. And that was like literally what this movie was. It's like it starts. With, it literally started like with one person then you double the two and then word of mouth goes to four, then eight and then so on. This thing, like I bet the estimated box office was single digits. Like you had a couple movie movies couple movies right before that before this came out that did not do well that were big blockbusters that maybe will be picked here but then this goes on to make 94 million dollars at the box office this makes no sense so this is why i love the movie theaters this is a great pick and such a unique and smart movie like I, i it's so impressive what they did the daniels here so great pick
0: and it just seemed like a blast if you were making that movie. Like Michelle, yeah, like imagine like her time having that movie, like almost like throwing it back to like the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon back in 2000, flash forward to 2022. And she's like recreating some of those scenes and the creativity, what they do with the fight sequences there, I thought was incredible how they take like a sign spinner and all of a sudden they incorporate that into someone's like you, like basically fighting skill set, you know, and just seeing, uh, uh, Quan, uh, using the fanny pack and like seeing that type of innovation. So it, like you still see like those kickboxing skills, but also you're laughing as you're watching Jamie Lee Curtis. Also like a great supporting role in this movie. Got a commend her for that. Um Let's go on to the second round. I think this one was easily mine uh, in the top three and it kind of contributes with everything everywhere all at once. And like these unexpected hits at the box office, this one wasn't unexpected, but the amount of money that it garnered, Definitely was a little bit shocking when we live in this Marvel centric age of eight hundred million dollar box office. Seems like MCU owns it. DC's usually coming right below it. You know, Jurassic World's always hovering around a billion. But who knew that Top Gun: Maverick was going to make over one billion dollars? And this, to me, I think I because I have a couple other ones. I have one that was just below Top Gun: Maverick, but like the, the see the see like the impact this movie has had. On both young audiences and older audiences, it kind of has brought like all demographics together, right? To go see this movie. People want to see Tom Cruise that they loved back in 1986 playing Pete Maverick, right? Like Pete Maverick Mitchell. They want to see the return of Val Kilmer, right? With some very heartfelt, touching sequences. They want to see what homages they pay to the 1986 film. But also, you have a young, stellar cast, right? Led by Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. Okay, that sets up a potential future for this franchise, right? As long as Tom Cruise wants to do so, we'll see if that happens. But the actual stunts that are being pulled here, like the cooperation between the U.S. Navy and those who are making this movie, Joseph Kaczynski putting these scenes together, like he, it's a lock for this movie to get nominated for sound at minimum. All right, what he was able to do with these plane sequ- these uh, these uh, dogfighting sequences, and it was just something refreshing about seeing. Like Tom Cruise better than he's been in a long time. Like the only thing that like, we really see him as is Ethan Hunt. And he doesn't really like go he goes all out in terms of his stunt work, but like in terms of dialogue, and like, Ethan Hunt's just gonna give you one or two lines, right? To see actually Tom Cruise do the fake cry thing here, right? It's first like cry since Magnolia, probably. See <laughs> it seemed like he was really going for it in this movie, more so than any movie he's done recently. You know, it was it was just awesome to see. I and mean, this one looks like it's gonna have legs to just stay in theaters for like another month you now top gun maverick 1.2 bill
1: that's and i think the reason why is because it also attracts all audiences right you mentioned how it has the younger yeah. cast but also so has tom cruise it has ed harris a john ham it has everything attributed to the cast to attract all all different uh, backgrounds and ages and again it has it has that strong ip and again you knew cruise like if he was going to do he was gonna, if he was going to do a legacy sequel to top gun which was like, yes, he was in risky business three years before. Um, he was in the color of money the same year as this. But this was like, okay, Tom Cruise is an A-lister now in Hollywood. Like, this is like, he's about to take on Hollywood like we've never seen before. And this was the movie to do it. He was always going to honor it in the right way by giving his full, full heart into it. Right. And this, like, this confirmed, like, after the Batman, like, this blew the Batman out of the water. Batman, close to 800 million, this 1.2 still going. Like it just shows, like movie theaters is not just about only uh, superheroes anymore, right? It's also mm-hmm. about everything, right? Not everything over all ones, which made 100 million, but like 1.2 billion for Tom Cruise. It's also still about movie stars and big action sequences. So, love the pick. I had it at three as well, uh, pretty solidly.
0: It's just. Really poetic that like if anyone's going to take down Marvel at the box office or like Jurassic World or any of the major IP, it's going to be Tom Cruise who's devoted his life to movie theaters. If you can say one actor and like guarantee one actor in your lifetime that will never show up on streaming before a movie theater, it's Tom Cruise. So to see him cross the billion dollar mark with the movie that launched the, the role, excuse me, that launched his career, that's something special. Um, I do have a question, Ricky Flex. What do you think about the theory that many people are saying that top gun maverick actually happens like the the, the movie itself and like the happenings after crew after pete mitchell goes mock over Mach 10 that he died and then everything else is kind of him like reconciling with like rooster and uh you know with the navy itself what do you think about that theory do you think it has any legs
1: no legs but i love to hear it i love conspiracies
0: it's interesting. So I was listening to um so uh, I was listening to the Rewatchables and they did Top Gun Maverick, the first Rewatchables ever. I listen to that
1: podcast a lot. It's that's awesome. insane they already did one. They did this the first
0: Rewatchables to a movie that's still in theaters, but I think that's also goes for like Bill Simmons adoration for like 80s movies, but the fact that like the movie has like a haze over it you know, that has that like California, San Diego type of mm-hmm. haze over it. Seems like it's almost like a dreamlike scenario. And the relationship with Rooster and everything, it just, it, like, I kind of see that theory. I feel like it's open to, it's almost like a little bit open to interpretation. Like, you can think that it happened. And I think the only way that uh, theory actually sticks is if they don't make Top Gun 3. But we'll see what happens uh, with Tom Cruise, at least. So we're on to your uh, second round pick right what do you got fourth overall
1: this i think is the last of uh this top tier i mentioned this year has been top heavy i would say so far but this one is it suffered at the box office had a huge budget it's now streaming on peacock and yes i'm going the northman i would go the northman at four i think this is the last of the top tier of movies of the year and for big movies big movie theater movies cinema as martin scorsese meme goes this is that and robert eggers does what he does best right he does his research his historical research puts his cast together this crazy story but based on but again based on actual truth for the most part here and just put together a spectacle that we haven't seen in a long time i would say outside of superhero movies right but a true spectacle uh, kind of like an ode to like the 13th century and ode to Viking culture. Even Love earlier, to see it. I, I yeah, even earlier. You say like you're the history guy, not me. And again, like yes, it has a great cast. You have Ethan Hunt, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor Joy. But the reason awesome. why I think it really separates itself on top of Robert Eggers and the spectacle of this is Alexander Skarsgard. And this was for me his like this guy can carry movies. This guy can carry spectacles, huge projects. Because this was a huge project. I forget the actual budget for this movie. Um, I should look it up real quick. But The Northman for me, number four. Uh, yeah, I really like this movie. This is my number five
0: in 2022 thus far. Uh, so I think this movie, like, for me, really worked. Like, I love Edgar's style. <laughs> like, he, he'll, like, I, I, you talk about sometimes like his style might not be someone else's cup of tea. He gets really ingrained into like the actual substance and the setting that is this movie is taking place. Um, And like the, the culture of the Vikings and like the, the, the mythology almost where it's like them and like the, like the turning into animals, turning into beasts, turning into lions, right. In order to fight and become these berserkers, but also like these hypnosis sequences, like these witches that are involved. I can see that. And like, we know that, Eggers love witches, loves witches in his movie or mystical type of creatures, right? That people are kind of like unsure of. Like, I can see those scenes kind of throwing people off. It certainly threw me off. Uh, but, you know, I think Scarsgard, we talked about when we reviewed this movie, it's the most someone's devoted their body in terms of like physically to a movie. I think what we said, what we compare it to? We said, um, we said it to somebody.
1: Like Logan, Leo
0: and the Revenant. That's what oh. we said. It was the most like committed. Hugh Jackman has Logan. That's potentially one. You know that you didn't that's... want to
1: see a workout meal that, plans for these that, superheroes. His but is that, crazy.
0: Like that. That's funny, but also you're low key like right. Like, like no one, I think, has devoted their much their for, body as much as like he like had did to Logan. Two decades. Well, not two no decades. no. Like specifically for Logan, because that and like I guess the Wolverine as well. The Wolverine, like he was like almost as ripped as Skarsgård in this movie. Skarsgård literally turned his body into an animal for this role. And uh, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of the dialogue, but I do love the cast in this movie. Um, I love Ethan Hawke in his 10 minutes here. I think arguably he was the best actor in this movie, like in terms of dialogue and engaging with other characters. Um, Skarsgård, amazing. Nicole Kidman was amazing in the back half of this movie, in my opinion. Really creepy, really awkward scenes that also could throw you off in terms of watching this movie. A lot of this
1: movie could throw you off, and that kind of goes to the fact that it didn't make back its money
0: yeah and like people that also could be like word of mouth like oh my god i was, sc- yeah. I was like spoiler alert here heads up okay if you haven't seen it scars guard just like with his, with his dick out and like just fighting against like <laughs> another dude who's naked at the same time and it might be like what the hell's happening right now but uh that ending was very weird but i know i love it you know looks like, as Eggers has got an interesting mind and i love how he picks these historical projects
1: uh yeah and for the record it made 70 million globally over 90 million million for its budget so it did not make its money back but it to be interesting
0: okay. what he it's gonna be interesting what he does next though like if he got that money for his first big blockbuster he's worked with a24 previously right he gets this huge studio and then he fails to make back his money does he go small scale next time like what kind of studio is going to offer him some money
1: i think the studios will offer him like a bunch of projects but i just don't think it's going to be to the same scale because or it's he, like streaming cuz he's he's young right he's a young 33 I want to say 30 he's really young Robert Eggers I forget how old but he's like consistently said that he never wants to do something that's like not based on like his history. He wants to go as mm-hmm. like deep back. He doesn't want to do like a present movie, modern day movie. So that's <laughs> that's just like crazy to me i love that like after
0: seeing the trailer for like bodies 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 like i'm glad that he never wants to make a modern day movie like that trailer just like i know that's gonna be such a satire and like a hit piece on like a gen gen z right now in terms of how the the lingo and how they deal with technology and stuff i'm like that's gonna make me it's gonna be funny but it's also gonna be exhausting to kind of watch i'm kind of anticipating
1: yeah, but that should be a good one. But I think Eggers, just to kind of confirm your question here, I think I could see reunited reuniting with A24 to kind of get his like Mojo back, even though he still has it, right? But to kind of go back to the bigger for a second chance at, with one of the bigger studios, perhaps. But okay. Fifth overall, my third pick. This movie got swept under the rug big time. It's not at one of the top two, top three streamers. And it came out the same weekend as the Batman. Yes, I'm going fresh at fifth overall. Sebastian Stan, we are a Sebastian Stan podcast. A-lister, should be an A-lister. He will be an A-lister. Coming out with the A24 movie later this year. I love Sebastian Stan. And this movie, he owned this movie. Daisy Edgar Jones, very good in this movie as well. But Sebastian Stan dominated. And he had the charisma, he had the the pizzazz, the pizzazz, like he, like I, I don't want to spoil anything, because I feel like no one's seen this movie. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu, all right, came out the same week as the Batman, so you were probably watching that at the movie theaters, maybe second time, three times like myself, maybe. But find time to watch this quick movie, under two hours, I want to say 90 minute movie. It is a thrill, it's so much fun.
0: I, I like this movie a lot. I had it as my number six. This is my this is my number six. Um, this movie, like this, might be the year of Sebastian Stan, like and like the breakthrough that like he's kind of been looking for. He's been attached to the MCU for so long, right? Even before the MCU, he's like the bad guy in Hot Tub Time Machine, but like here, he's like he gets like a, a co lead in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He moves on to Fresh. He has Pam and Tommy. He gets nominated for an Emmy, right? It seems like he's on this path right now right to become bigger than just chris evans sidekick in the mcu and this is where a role that he really got to bust out and show his chops a little bit like sink his teeth into something literally with this carnivorous type of role um daisy edgar jones also i love in this movie i think their chemistry actually works really well even though like i don't know if it's supposed to like i i guess it like loki is supposed to loki
1: i think Um, he did a great job with that
0: I have some writing issues with like the last part of this movie, but for the most part, it hits most beats that you would expect. It's just, you're really there to see Sebastian Stan do his thing. Um, I think there's also some like really funny dance sequences that are like, it's, it's almost, it almost has an unintentional funny feel to it, but it's just like him just doing his thing. Like do yeah, you're talking doing the side to side with like the fingers, like the thumbs and everything. It seems like one of my iconic dance moves to the, be honest. The kitchen
1: scene with no dialogue, just music and him cooking it up. Like that was the my switching of in
0: tones in this movie. It's like pretty good. Like I, I love that type of thing yeah. where it's like, it'll be a tense one-on-one, right horror type vibe like what you like you are literally grab clenching your armrest, like saying like oh my god and you're flexing your abs as hard as possible but there's other times where it feels like it's literally a rom-com and you're watching these two meet at a grocery store and it feels like you're watching when harry met Sally. you know it's just right. it has that feel sometimes
1: it, they did a great job bouncing between tones usually that's a problem in movies that we talk about a lot it was like oh this movie didn't have a tone so it didn't have a theme like this one knew what it was doing the entire time the director Mimi cave Never heard of her before this movie. She's done like 10 other feature films. Don't, don't recognize any of them, but this was like maybe something, a good start for her from a streamer, right? Hulu, not even on Netflix or HBO, right? This is this could be big for her as well. Not just Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. Love this movie. Please check it out. It's So much fun.
0: And Daisy Edgar Jones also is like on a similar path right now. to like Sebastian Stan, like breakthrough type of year. When you look at what she did with Under the Banner of Heaven as the female lead next to Andrew Garfield, Think about her in Fresh, she said the new movie where the crawdads sing, which you know all the teenage girls are gonna go watch because Taylor Swift has the new song in it. Uh, have not listened to the song yet. We'll review coming probably later on in the week on the drive in. Uh, she it, seem like it seems like we're getting a lot of Daisy Edgar Jones. Like, I could just, I don't know, like, what's next for her? Do you like, do, is there anything that we know? She's about? got nothing
1: lined up yet, really?
0: That's interesting because, like, it seems like she's very hot in the streets right now. And I did, I loved her in this movie. I did. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, so we're end of the third round and I'm going with a movie. I don't think you may not have seen Ricky Flex. Uh, but to me this was actually I'm looking at my it's my fourth favorite movie that I'm getting at number 6 and it's RRR. Okay? Tollywood, Tally, Tollywood type not type movie, not Hollywood, not Bollywood, but Tollywood. So a major Indian studio production Um, this is the best blockbuster other than the Batman I've seen this year. It's better than any Marvel movie I've seen. All right. It feels like uh, in terms of multiverse of madness, it's better than Thor love and thunder. Uh, It's better than any Marvel TV show I've seen. Uh, I feel like it's very much like maximalist and it's, it's exaggerated at times where it's like, yeah, it's, it's clear this movie knows what it's trying to be. It's over the top gory. It's violent. Like you have almost superhuman abilities given to these like um, characters, right? These, um, these Indians, right. Who are living in a historical time period. This is a historical fiction type of movie uh, where you have Indians that are kind of uh, protesting uh, the, Occu- British occupation, all right? Up until obviously like mid 20th century. Okay. So, like, here you have these guys who uh, basically you don't under like it, like the captions aren't really an issue. They're speaking in English half the movie. To be honest, I thought that was going to be kind of an obstacle. It's not, but these guys like just become superheroes like in random parts of this movie. Like they they just become superhuman strength. They become marksmen with arrows and guns, and I just have a blast watching it. It's like we we talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. How that's like a, a mash of tones here. It's kind of like a mash of tones with RRR, but it's all positive. Like you don't it's you're like always in for a 3-hour ride and it doesn't really let up. It's got a lot of heart. It's got some romance in it. You got like amazing dance sequences. Holy crap. Like these dudes, the two leads here are just athletes, bro. They are athletes. Like like the way they move, I can't tell if they're being sped up or slowed down. I just think they have amazing body control. Like it will be a random like it's a random musical set, musical number that's thrown in, but a lot of times the musical number it's very telling of the story that's going on, telling of the characters, and also foreshadows the rest of the movie. I think the songs like play so well into the overall flick. Um, it's entirely too long. That's like why it's like, okay, like this is why it's not the best, I would say, of this year behind Batman, although it's the same length as the Batman. I'm just willing to sit around for the Batman a little bit. And the Batman's more of a slow burn and kind of builds up. This one's like high octane for three hours. So it's like your heart's pounding the entire time. And it kind of makes you want to say like, oh my God, give me a break. And uh that's CGI is sketchy too. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of like tigers flying in the air, jackals <laughs> flying in the air, tigers oh. running into jackals, punching tigers in the air. It's tough to look at sometimes, but it feels like a, it's like a Fast and Furious franchise if it was actually good. That's what this movie feels like.
1: Wow. Scotty Furious is going to be upset with that comment. I'm going to watch RRR and say if this if you could pick any listening. Fast and
0: Furious movie that's close to RRR.
1: Shout out Scotty Furious. But uh okay. So i said I've watched some of these uh, some 2022 movies this weekend. So RRR has been kind of dominating film Twitter for a bit. Like a lot of people saying RRR amazing, amazing, amazing. Got to watch it. Action movie of the year. This that whatever. So I'm like, OK, I looked up, I looked it up on IMDb, like whatever, three hour, seven minute runtime. OK, cool. very long on Netflix. Can't see it in the theater. I was like, hmm, OK. All right. I'm literally about to turn it on, but I'm just on my phone on Twitter. Can't. And I literally saw a video of like the Tigers going through the air like from cages and whatever the cgi looked terrible and i was like you know what maybe i don't have to watch it before we do this pod but i'll i will watch it this year but okay this is good to hear i will watch it but yeah i just i I passed on the three hour runtime.
0: it's i think it's the cgi i think is definitely a weakness of it but then when i look at like dr strange like that has some really crappy cgi as well so like when i look at these movies what does this movie have as a blockbuster as opposed to like what i've seen from the mcu uh it's got so much more like heart and passion in it like you could tell they're putting everything into this movie even though the cgi isn't there you could tell by like the dance sequences and how much like these actors are basically putting their lives on the line with these dance dance sequences sequences. they are nuts like like i i'm in now baby i can't decide what's better like there's an incredible like there's multiple dance sequences but there's one just literally show-stopping sequence you've probably seen them with the suspenders they're kicking out the legs and whatever and like i think it's a tough sell between like there's like three different like fight sequences that are put on as like the same level of, like oh my god that's cinema compared to the dance sequences like the dance sequences it feels like you're watching singing in the rain on steroids bro it's singing on the singing in the rain on steroids these guys are moving it's like almost like when you watch athletes in twenty twenty two compared to nineteen fifty. You know, it's like they they just have excelled and like their bodies move different ways. Like these guys are on some type of juice row. They're on some type of juice. Like no no body naturally moves like that. And I think that those are the type of scenes that are making on Twitter. But like there's, I mean, God. Like and I think this, the director, uh, it's just a, a Hollywood film. So it's like you think about India and you think about their history. Like this is such a. Uh, a recent culture like sig- like significant cultural experience for them and it's you it tell it meant a lot to this director And with the songs that are being implemented the songs are literally written with the characters names like these aren't just songs that are just randomly in india they have like the names of the guys like ram and correct right so like they have these names and they're trying to tell these stories it almost has like a like a, almost like a mulan feel to it you know almost where it's like like you see the cultural significance built into the story. I just can't recommend it enough. Like the acting is a lot of times it's there. It's just kind of tough because the voices aren't always syncing up for some reason. Like they will be talking, but also mm. it's like, I don't know if that has to do with like the language, like that they're using and stuff like that. But honestly, uh, you can't be on your phone during this movie. So it's a real time investment, three hours. You gotta be paying attention to subtitles and stuff. So that's why
1: yeah. I, that's kind of tough. Again, like this is 91% of certified fresh on tomatoes, eight, out of 10 out of imdb high there metacritic 84 percent high there so it's high across the board and on film twitter everyone loves it so and like you get like i I follow james gunn on twitter who doesn't if you're into film like he loved it obviously guardians of the galaxy you think of the suicide squad right um scott derrickson the black phone director uh, acclaimed horror director like he loved it like it's just it's definitely getting acclaim from critics and also like other filmmakers who are very successful. I will check it out at some point.
0: It's on, it's on Netflix and it came out in India this year. And then all after like a two week release went straight to Netflix. I think due to some like, like licensing deal or whatever, like the fact that they have this movie now, like I would, dude, like, I don't even know if it's eligible for like international feature next year. Hopefully like it's a blockbuster though. So it makes me wonder like, are they going to treat, an international blockbuster of this magnitude, like similar to how they treat Marvel movies domestically when it comes to the Oscars. And, you know, like there's been a lot of great like Korean movies, right? Like or um, like, like South Korean movies that have been made blockbusters and trained to Busan and uh, that haven't gotten love at the Academy Awards. I'm thinking like RR is so culturally significant to Indians. It kind of has a chance. I, don't, I, I could be nuts though. Um, usually, I'm usually wrong about that stuff. On to the fourth round. And I'm going with – you brought up Scott Derrickson. And this is the movie I saw in theaters this weekend. I'm going with The Black Phone, right, beginning of the fourth round. This is where I think we're seeing a little bit of a dip in quality, a little bit of a dip in quality because we still haven't picked any of the MCU movies. we got a couple of other blockbusters and, like, mainstream movies still on the board, a couple animated movies. But The Black Phone uh, – I don't even know if Ethan Hawke was the best part about this movie. And I kind of was expecting that. Uh, There's a lot of like solid, like like kid performances here, to be honest, almost like as like a stranger things kind of vibe, like kids you root for in the movie. Uh, Ethan Hawke is quite hateable in terms of like, who he is but i think the flaws in this movie are more of like the writing of his character and the writing of other parts of this movie that doesn't really line up whereas you kind of like have your head scratching like how is this happening uh there are some like um like supernatural occurrences that really don't get explained uh but in terms of like enjoyability right and just going to a theater sitting back uh and basically just rooting on this kid against this monster it, it was pretty fun and uh Yeah, so I'm gonna go black phone here. Great '70s vibe that's set right throughout the entire movie as well. Solid soundtrack, and uh, yeah, and the concept is pretty cool. Where this kid is kidnapped by this guy named the Grabber, and he there's this phone that's disconnected on the wall, and he's able to talk to the victims of the Grabber who he's killed. So I think it's a really interesting concept for a movie that has like, uh, like it's like these type of horror movies where kids are like uh, haunted by like these older people, just almost like it. Stranger things is so big right now. Black kind of falls in this category. uh. So Blumhouse movie, black phone fourth round.
1: Yeah. This is a classic example of like a Blumhouse movie that hits and then word of mouth spreads. Right. And then it gets over a hundred million dollars at the box office on a budget that was under $15 million. So a big profit. Yes. Ethan Hawk Like it's Ethan Hawk. I haven't seen this movie personally. That's why I might. Kind of dodging the actual movie here, but mm-hmm. I've heard only good things from people that have seen it. I did not know you saw it until this podcast. So it's good to hear that you liked it as well because I trust your opinion, obviously. But no, it's good to see Blumhouse this is one of their hits. Ethan Hawk reuniting with Blumhouse. Like, love it. And Scott Derrickson as well. So I, that reminds me, I forgot to tell you this about what I was watching this weekend. Again, like, I, I watched an unhealthy amount of uh, TV or movies this weekend. I tried to get First Reformed. Another try. I haven't watched that one. Again, I got the 30 minutes. It was just so freaking slow. <laughs> I will get I will retry it this summer at some point, but it is so slow. I, I heard it's amazing, but the first 30 minutes is not selling me at all. I think I'm just gonna have to power through one of these days. But Ethan Hawk, I love him, so I will watch it.
0: Yeah, so like publicly, this movie's doing pretty well in terms of reception, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I think it has a pretty positive score. Um, I think people are saying it's pretty simple. It's not like trying to do too much, which I like. It's uh, it's just the, the writing of it. It's kind of like the major flaws that are here yeah. with this movie, and you're definitely going to point it out when you see it. You'll know. Uh, so moving on, end of the fourth round, what do you got, Ricky Flex?
1: All right, this is where, like, after the top – like, I think the top four movies that we picked are in a tier above. I think fresh is in its own second tier by itself. And then I think we have this next tier where I'm unsure where I'm going. uh, To be honest, I've reordered these already five times. Actually, it's like, do I want to go? I think I have to go with my guy. I think, and I think this is, again, came out the same weekend as the Northmen did not make a lot of money. But again, it's like kind of showing us Nick Cage is still around and he's, oh. and he's, and he's working. Oh. So I think just add a fun factor, right? Just a fun movie, right? Pedro Pascal's hot in the streets. Of course, Mr. Mandalorian himself, give me unbearable way to massive talent. Give me the Nick Cage uh, history in this movie, the odes to Nick Cage, the odes to Nick Cage and uh, now one of the like someone that everyone loves, Pedro Pascal. Ike Barinholtz, small part, love him, and this movie itself, like it was meta, but a good meta.
0: Yo, I forgot this movie
1: came out. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would have picked this. Not over good the black. for my pick here. I, I would have picked this
0: over the Black Phone. No, no, this is a great pick. Um, I, I think I rated the Black Phone like maybe one or two points ahead of Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent for my personal like rankings and stuff, uh, ratings, but. I mean, I think I would have picked this one just because I that this that was such a good time in the theater. I don't remember laughing that hard, and that was a great example of meta done right. And you you talked about it like we've had a lot of meta movies. Uh, in recent memory it seems like it's an overwhelming amount and it's kind of starting to piss audiences off this is like welcoming because you got like one of the biggest hollywood stars of the past like 35 years just willing to make fun of himself and then also it kind of puts him back on the map at the same time and like along with like the release of pig this is a huge deal this movie um damn like this is a good pick bro i like I, i'm really pissed that i didn't take i didn't take this instead of the black phone. great good stuff
1: nick cage gotta love him but now I think it's really hard because I picked my guy that, that was an easy tiebreaker, right? So now I can pick a movie I know you haven't seen. Just to kind of diversify our portfolio a bit here. This is a podcast. I think I'm gonna do it just for the sake of the pod.
0: Don't but have I, to, no pressure.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I want this is this is crazy that I'm gonna say this. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good movie. Like I am shocked that like I didn't even want to throw it on, but wow, it was so good. It like was so formulaic. Uh, the supporting uh, cop wasn't very good, but everyone else was money. All the voice work was incredible. Um, it was it was so much fun, so funny, right? It had like the odes to earlier like uh, movies and TV right also video games seth rogan's character in particular the twist. The, the twists in this movie were not formulaic but good but some of them were i will say um jk simmons again in this movie andy sandberg john mulaney i'm not a big john mulaney guy but he was good in this movie too this this hit especially with like You're a john mulaney
0: in- guy bro that guy rules i love i know he, so i think
1: he's i think he's good but like he, is he my favorite comedian i don't wouldn't say so um, but I, it made me like, oh, I got to watch more of his stuff after seeing this movie. And I think that my last point is when I think of animated chipmunks, I always think Alvin and the chipmunks. Okay. After seeing this, I'm like, damn, this movie is better than anything I've ever seen out of Alvin and the chipmunks. Like this I've is like more
0: than like one album, the chipmunks, like live
1: action movie. Uh, live action? Yes, I actually have. I went to see it in theaters.
0: No, I I saw the first one just because it was on cable all the time. But you saw another one. You see more than one? Yes,
1: I went with uh, friends.
0: You see around. Chipwrecked?
1: Oh wait, maybe not. Then no, I haven't.
0: Yo, the, like honestly, I saw the like, one where
1: they were like like the Backstreet Boys type thing, a boy band.
0: That was the first one, right?
1: Okay, then that's it. Yeah, I saw that but in like, theaters.
0: Yo, like don't step on like the animated album, the Chipmunks Halloween special, Electric. bro electric yeah, don't touch that
1: the the, the werewolf one oh, to man. me that's
0: like a step just below like a goofy movie like that's it's that iconic it's like scooby-doo in the where and the and and like uh what, what's the witches one the witch's ghost bro there
1: were yeah, scooby-doo was and cyber Scooby-Doo's chase ahead, but yes. those are
0: classics we should review like scooby-doo and cyber chase that that, that is yes i'm, I'm so in go so like we should rank those type of movies like those like straight to dvd animated releases like the haunted, ha- the haunted one, like with uh, they go to the island. We watched that, like yeah, on Disney zombie Box. island, a couple- zombie island, a couple years. ago. It was, it was,
1: I used to, I literally had a Scooby Doo comforter until I was like ten. Like I love yeah, Scooby Doo. just so,
0: just like all you gotta do, like Warner Brothers, just give us like Cyber Chase live action Scooby Doo movie, and mm. you'll just take all my money. Like honestly,
1: if you just do another like with the that style of animation is just like what you love. It's like when you play a video game, but you miss the old style video game when it wasn't as real. Right. I miss like the old animation, like in the nineties and like early two thousands, maybe even late eighties a little bit. That just like, wasn't as real. Cause like, yes, we're watching a cartoon. Like, let's just watch a cartoon movie and
0: just appreciate it. Give give us like the animated punk songs that were in those movies. Like those were incredible, dude. Incredible. Like, our and dad got a CD, a soundtrack of, like, the animated <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies. I, I might have to, like, old school, rip that off from him, you know? I'm going to have to burn that CD. Like, not literally, but, like, burn it so I can have all of those songs. We got, like, the butthole surfers playing songs in Scooby-Doo yes. movies. Like, does that fly in 2022? I don't think so.
1: I was going to also say Chippendale, another good uh, version of a good meta movie. Very mm. good meta as well. A very good job there. Great use of
0: the roster, you know, the, the characters at the arsenal. There,
1: they, they, Tim Robinson's in this. Like uh-huh. it, it is so good. Very impressive work here.
0: Do you think? Because I, I, I've been, I've been meaning to revisit Who Framed Roger Rabbit because I've seen it so many times as a child. Uh this, Does it have like that type of vibes? Is Roger Rabbit even? In, is he in this movie?
1: Not Roger Rabbit. But, ah, but um. Roger Rabbit is a classic. I, I, that doesn't, this doesn't touch that.
0: We should review but, as a throwback Who Frame Roger Rabbit. That's on that's on the list.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a classic. And that's actually a good story and everything going on there. This is also good. I'm just saying, like, this is like much more formulaic and yada, yada, yada.
0: I'm going to watch double feature tonight, Ricky Flicks. How about this? I'm going to watch, movie too. I'm going to watch Who Frame Roger Rabbit and then Chippendale Rescue Rangers. No,
1: no, because then, then you, then you'll really think Chippendale sucks compared to that. Ah, oh,
0: man, but I really want to watch Hoover and Roger Rabbit again. Uh, all right, I'll watch Chippendale tonight. I'll have my thoughts on the, uh, on the later on in the week, and then I'll watch Hoover and Roger Rabbit just because I want to watch that movie. Uh, good pick, Ricky Flex, and you're now on to your fifth no, rounder. you're, you're up, oh, you're up. I'm up. Wow, I think I'm just going to stick it to Marvel because I've hated Phase 4. I don't want to take Thor Love and Thunder. I don't want to take Multiverse of Madness. I don't want to take a Pixar movie because I don't think both of the Pixar releases have been doing well. This is the way for the drive-in pod to really drive, drive like, like really stick it right to Disney and the major IP. You got to do better, right? There's higher expectations here. I'm not letting you get away with it. We're going to have all of Pixar and and Marvel off our top 10 list to start the year. I'm going to go with also a movie that kind of recognizes what it is right a director who knows exactly who he is i'm going with a michael bay movie in the top 10 of 2022 i'm going with ambulance i'm going with ambulance okay so we know what you're getting with michael i think this is actually perfect at 10 it's a great um uh what's it called when you're uh, mr irrelevant great mr irrelevant here uh first off your boy jake g Jake G knows exactly what movie he's in when he's in this movie. You know, he he kind of low key like yeah, goes Jake off G. in this movie, like acting wise, he puts it on his back. Yaya is like kind of soft spoken for a guy who's supposed to be like a criminal. He's kind of has to ele- like kind of elevate himself a little bit to even match what Jake G is bringing here, but literally the escalation of Jake G like whenever he's talking about anything, uh I think I was I tweeted about this. It has an amazing, amazing and unexpected needle drop with uh with sailing, but what's what's the dude's name? Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. Cross. Like, if you don't know him, it's like ride Like the Wind. Like he does the song Sailing. And when they did that, I was like, Oh my god, this movie is just like it's all about just having a good time. And just going rolling with the punches and it gives you the amazing action sequences it has the soundtrack it has michael bay just like in love with where he's from he's in love with la all right loving what live love life and just embracing the director that he is it's a lot of drone shots a lot of overheads and like what's going on they try to make you feel like if we we're watching the oj chase for half the movie uh but I, I like. I really did enjoy this ride. I didn't think it was a masterpiece or anything. And this is more about like sticking it to Marvel. But
1: uh, ambulance, Mr. Relevant. So this is what I would have picked. This is my number six slash seven. I had this like tied, maybe wow. just behind, just behind the unbearable weight of massive talent at seven. Okay, but I again for the sake of the pod, Chippendale. I felt like that would have been good on this list. Ambulance. I watched this weekend, and holy crap, Michael Bay hit me he hit it me was, like he he hit fun. me like he Dude, so he hit fun. me like like they mentioned the rock in this movie they mentioned the uh, bad boys I'm like this movie obviously not as iconic as those and it won't live on in the same way those did those are box a box office uh just absolutely like, blew away the box office this kind of snuck under the rug rug like we've been talking about this year a lot of these movies that we're talking about did but holy crap like this was like like it just hit me like a ton of bricks I was so happy for Jake G. I thought when I saw him in a Michael Bay movie, i I was a little nervous that he was kind of mailing it in. Holy crap, he was so good. He was he, amazing. He, he, was he, wa- he wanted all the smoke. He wanted all the smoke. I in was this shocked movie. how good he was. Like, I'm not shocked because he's an amazing actor. Unpredictable, like, too. He was insanely good. I, I was so happy. I was like, our guy, and I know he's listening to us right now. Big fan of the pod. Thank you, Jake yeah yeah i will say i was a little disappointed i was i'm <laughs> didn't, not gonna didn't really lie. bring much
0: didn't really bring nothing, much in the day, well,
1: absolutely nothing but ah oh, crap what's her name uh aza gonzalez thank you she was good i she was also very good in this movie um, the playoff with Jake G was hilarious at times, and also like, <laughs> holy crap, Jake G is gonna absolutely mark her right now. um I might
0: rewatch this movie too. I, so this good. movie has rewatchability, I think, because of Jake G and action yes.
1: sequences. Yes, and then okay, you mentioned the Bayisms. Holy crap, holy Bayism! This movie had more Bayism than ever, <laughs> dude. Like, even more than The Rock. I, the it reason the,
0: well, almost like was it obviously it gets on my nerves, and it is a Bayism. It's the small talk is so effing bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Like the references and how like they would talk about whether it's the coffee or whether they're talking about like the rock and like whether they're talking about going talking to the girl that's inside of the bank. Like it's just all so bad. It's like Michael Bay notices like he knows his small talk is that bad. They're going to ramp it up on purpose because, you know, it's a Michael Bay movie. And we're just gonna make the action sequences that much more exciting it just has the audience saying okay let's get to the next like car that's flying off the rails and exploding in the air you know cars that just running head-on to each other and just combusting
1: dude oh my god it was pissed that was like the only thing that is in the ending kind of like not what, like the result but like how it happened i was like kind of pissed off i'm like oh my god you literally could have set up for something crazy but um holy crap you're right the the writing was actually like at the dialogue was actually atrocious. Like so at like they were calling each other by, like they call, like I was literally listening for this cause they didn't know who they were yet. The FBI agent didn't come to the picture yet. And they're literally calling them by their first names, but they're not supposed to know who they are yet. <laughs>
0: they're, I feel like, like, oh my they're God. doing it on purpose. They're yes. Like,
1: was it? It was, was that guy Todd.
0: Was the FBI guy? Was that Todd from Wedding Crashers? Yes. And he... it was Todd. Todd yeah, reappearance in this like, movie. Like, his life was so bad. He's oh, like, but cool. like, oh, like, it was cool. such a classic Michael Bay storyline. Like, like, you know this guy? He's like, yes, we were friends. Like, yeah, we were I was we're like, friends. friends? What? You didn't have to add that. And then, like, the classic. It, it felt like a soap opera the way he said it. Like, and then,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, then a classic, classic, classic Bayism is trying to incorporate the wife or the lady, uh, uh like, the love interest, and they, they're barely in the movie, and then they just appear at the end, and you're supposed to believe that, like, holy crap, they were, like, an integral part throughout the Reba. movie. Reva. Like, and it was Third, third sister. Was, <laughs> was
0: third sister. Another un- <laughs> underwritten role for Reva. You know,
1: classic Michael Bay. Like, you think of Connery. You think of The Rock. The wife or the girlfriend just shows up at the end, and you're supposed to, like, expect them to, like, be there the entire time it's like oh no we just showed up right at the end like it's so weird michael bay's so weird but god dang it i love this movie my seventh favorite movie of the year ambulance what a movie jake g shout out
0: if you haven't checked it out streaming exclusively on peacock right now alongside the northman speaking of the northman let's go over our movies that we picked and then we'll go on to any honorable mentions before we get on out of here so ricky flicks has for his uh, best movies of 2022 thus far, he drafted The Batman with the number one overall pick. He had The Northman for his second round pick. He had Fresh starring Sebastian Stan streaming on Hulu for his third. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nick Cage, not yet for available on streaming. And then Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers available on <laughs> Disney+. Dr. O has Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is uh Once again, not available on streaming, at least for free at this point. Second round pick, he had Top Gun Maverick, talking with third person. Third round pick, uh, Dr. O has uh, RRR on streaming now on Netflix. Number four, he had the Black Phone, which you can – it's on demand now, currently not streaming. Then finally, Ambulance, as we said before, streaming exclusively on Peacock. Uh, Rick, what was next on your list? If we went another round, what would you do as your first pick of the sixth round?
1: So mentions. my first pick of the sixth round would have been I would have picked a performance over of movie once again, similar to Unbearable Weight. I would have picked Elvis, just because of Austin Butler. That's the only reason why I would have picked it next.
0: Wow, I think I would have gone on Love and Thunder. I think that would have been my next pick. I would have like, like I wouldn't wouldn't I like Love and Thunder more than Multiverse of Madness? Uh, Elvis, we know we know both of our thoughts on Tom Hanks here. Like Elvis would be like. If I had to go after Love and Thunder, probably Elvis. And then like after that, it's kind of tough. Like
1: I, so I guess I, go ahead. I'm so hustle. Is Hustle not close for you? Oh. Mm. I, I I didn't because I knew we only needed 10.
0: So I only wrote down like 12. Yeah. So like uh I didn't have Hustle on here. It's on my overall list, I guess. If I have to scroll back to like what I have my doctor wrote 2022 movies that I've seen and rated um i man hustle honestly could have been right there so, like around me, 10 yeah like that's so, honestly not bad
1: so for me i had elvis next at, that was my number nine i had hustle at 10 and then you know what i had at 11 ahead of the mcu movies ahead of the pixar movies the lost city i had the lost city. oh you I had
0: i never saw that one no i, I haven't seen that one yet
1: I, I had that next. I like I I really like that movie. Um but yeah, like I I would say like Spider it like then after that, so like that would be 11. It would be between Multiverse Lightyear. of Madness. I, I like Thor over Doctor Strange, I think. Now I I'm did. thinking about it more, so Lightyear Thor it would be between those two And Spiderhead, I guess, but I think that's No Turning
0: Red. Turning Red at the at turning the edge red. for you.
1: Spider Head over well. turning red. Yes. Without uh, even a second blink.
0: I not me. Like definitely turning red ahead of Spider Head. Really spider head sure was, was not very good. Like the more I think about it. It wasn't, but like that, that felt like we talked about like meshing of tones. We talked about RRR, and then we talked about Thor Love and Thunder. Like that was like the ending of that movie felt so random. And it felt like it was so I don't know it just felt very much like a COVID movie and felt like it was very restricted yes, yes. and chris yes. Hemsworth, i guess actually pretty good in that movie uh but yeah that was the one that i we saw moving along trying to think of other ones um what else we have look adam project not gonna make the list deep water wasn't gonna make the list i saw morbius i don't think you ever saw morbius
1: no not gonna Wind make fall. the list Remember windfall
0: Windfall. I forgot about that movie. I think I rated that one too. That wasn't going to come near my top. Yeah, that was.
1: I think I rated that in the fifties, low fifties.
0: Yeah. So I guess those are the honorable mentions. I think the ten we got is pretty good. Like I I don't disagree with that. The only one I haven't seen is uh, Rescue Rangers.
1: Rescue Rangers. (laughs) Definitely, that made the list. (laughs) How do we differentiate ourselves between other film podcasts? We have Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers making the top ten of the year.
0: Making the top 10. And it wasn't 10. (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Um, All right. So that's going to do it for our draft. And that's our list that we're going to be putting out and sharing with those who have listened to the podcast and those who haven't listened to the podcast. Make sure you're tuning into the pod this week as our next episode. We will be going over, right, after doing the best we've seen this year. We're going to look forward to the second half of 2022 and look at the most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. Okay, Pod is coming out on Wednesday, right, of this week with the most anticipated. Uh, moving along, we do need to recognize huge weekend in terms of movie news coming up. There's a reason why we're not doing the checkup on Tuesday this week. We got San Diego Comic-Con. We got a massive panel at Mar- for Marvel that's being teased. Uh, we got some DC news that's probably also going to uh, basically co- uh, be on the coattails of Marvel at this point uh hopefully we get some fantastic Four news hopefully we get some blade news maybe even some x-men news who knows who knows but we're gonna make sure we cover it and uh we'll probably have that uh later on potentially friday this week does that, does that sound good
1: we need a wakanda forever trailer
0: we get wakanda forever hopefully we haven't got a
1: trailer yet
0: I, I think almost i think they've been saving it for this point honestly yeah. like i like i think that would make the most sense i, I don't. i don't think. Feige kind of doesn't want to, he senses the vibe for phase four is kind of off. Maybe it's not a great time to introduce that trailer until it's Comic Con, right? Let that, this wave, Thor, Love, and Thunder kind of wave pass by where it's not actually like, like kind of gathering this critical acclaim that he expected it to. Uh, So, yeah, so we're going to do a checkup later this week. uh, And if any news carries over over the weekend, when we're going to obviously bring the checkup to you next Tuesday as well, Uh, that's going to do it. For episode 125 make sure you're following us on our social media pages okay make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram make sure you you hit that follow button wherever you're listening right now so you can keep uh our voices in your ears and make sure that you are getting uh updated with the newest podcast if you're not following what i'm saying right now uh yeah subscribe to the youtube the whole shebang until next time we will smell you